focusing on stories and issues impacting Kentucky. This is The Commonwealth Matters. The Commonwealth Matters is a production of the Commonwealth Policy Foundation. We're a nonprofit public policy group that's helping Kentuckians value life, protect natural marriage, defend religious liberty, and promote fiscal integrity. To learn more about our work and find helpful resources, visit commonwealthmatters.org. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Brandon Porter. The United States Supreme Court recently released a decision that many believe is a shot in the arm for religious liberty. It's a case that's been ongoing for almost six years, and it's important to all people of faith. In this episode, we're talking with Josh Hirschberger, an attorney and director of a ministry called Bold Church Initiative. We talked with Josh when the Supreme Court agreed to take this case some months ago. Now we reconnect with him to understand their decision. So, Josh, help us understand the um, just sort of the ins and outs of this case as we start talking about it. So this case has to do with Masterpiece uh, Cake Shop case. And as we've talked a little bit before, it's important even just the name of this cake shop. It was Masterpiece Cake Shop. So first of all, a masterpiece. Um, Jack Phillips considered his cakes to be a work of art. Um, so this was not just a normal bakery. He considered basically his cakes like painting on a canvas. And then there was another intonation to the name of the, the cake shop. It was the, a masterpiece, you know, so the master's um, cake shop in that he was a devout Christian. And he believed what he did in his work was a reflection of his faith in Jesus Christ. So as he was leading that cake shop, he had a couple come in in 2012 and ask for a wedding cake for their same-sex ceremony. That was clearly apparent from the request. And Jack Phillips told them, I'll make you anything. I'll serve anyone, but I can't, conf- I can't confirm all messages. And so his statement was, if I bake this wedding cake, I'm in a sense celebrating a ceremony, which I believe is against what God says. Um, he was very clear about that. Um, it was then later requested by the couple's mother. And he also said, look, I just can't make this cake. Um, so that was really it. That was in 2012 long before the Supreme Court ever said there's a right to same-sex marriage. And so that factual issue came up several times. But there was, there was another factual issue that the Supreme Court really focused on, and that there was a, another man, and there's lots of Jacks, okay, so <laughs> there's Jack Phillips, and then there's a guy named William Jack, who went to several other bakers in Colorado and asked them to make a cake which would basically denigrate same-sex marriage. So it was like a, a Bible with two grooms and a big red X over it and some Bible verses. And those bakers said, I'm not going to make that cake. And what William Jack claimed was, well, you're discriminating against me based on my religion. So the Jack Phillips case, they're saying, look, you've discriminated based on sexual orientation. William Jack said, you've discriminated against me based on religion. Both of those classes, religion, sexual orientation were protected under Colorado's anti-discrimination law. And so the the Supreme Court looked at both of those situations. And then what happens is he goes in front of the Colorado Civil Rights Commission and they said, you know, you've discriminated against this couple. And they found him in violation. While with William Jack, who requested cakes that denigrated same-sex marriage, they said, well, that's not a violation. So that goes up Colorado Court of Appeals 
and then to the United States Supreme Court. So that's in brief the facts that were in front of the court. Okay. And so as we think about that, um, let's talk before we get to the Supreme Court's decision uh, about how he was treated, how Jack Phillips was treated by the Human Rights Commission uh, leading um, uh, up to that point, because I think that really weighs in heavily in this case. Yeah, so he was was treated basically, uh, you know, as a bigot and a sense of homophobe. He, let me just read you a statement from one of the commissioners who said, I would also like to reiterate what we said in the hearing of the last meeting. Freedom of religion and religion has been used to justify, justify all kinds of discrimination throughout history, whether it be slavery, whether it be the Holocaust, whether it be, I mean, we can list hundreds of situations where freedom of religion has been used to justify discrimination. And to me, it is one of the most despicable pieces of rhetoric that people can use to use the religion to hurt others. And Justice Kennedy, we'll get to that, really focused on this and, and actually reproduced that entire quote and said, this is unacceptable. So basically comparing Jack Phillips saying, look, I, I'll, I'll sell you anything in my shop. I just can't support your same-sex wedding to slavery and to the Holocaust. Um, and it's certainly concerning that here he is, is just a Christian trying to live out his faith in his profession and basically treated by the government as if he's somebody from the Jim Crow South. And so, so we, we go from there and we forward through the whole process uh, back and forth. As you said, 2012, it's 2018 now. So this has been a long process. Um, and, and we initially thought that this was going to come and be a case based on free speech. But instead, we saw it actually became a freedom of religion case. That's correct. And really what the court did is just make a limited ruling. And I'll see judges do this often. You know, if they can make a decision on the first element or the first issue, then they won't go to the other issues. And so this case, it actually did turn on freedom of religion because Kennedy, who wrote the majority opinion, said, you know, look, this this tribunal uh, was was clearly hostile to Mr. Phillips' faith. That's not acceptable. And therefore, this judgment is void. You know, it has to be overturned. Um, so it is interesting because we thought the argument is that the freedom of speech must necessarily ex extend to the right not to speak. So that government can't compel you to be silent, but it also can't compel you to say something that you deeply disagree with. Uh, so we thought that that would be the stronger issue, but actually Justice Kennedy came out and said, nope, this is a freedom of religion case. Um, Colorado Civil Rights Commission, you did not treat this person with the, the equal respect and dignity that should be accorded to all citizens in the state of Colorado. And so, so the decision's been made, and it was uh, it was a wide margin. It was seven to two um, in favor of Jack Phillips. Um, what what happens now? What what are the the ramifications in this case specifically going forward? So basically, the decision of the Civil Rights Commission in Colorado will be overturned, and so Jack Phillips wins. They said, "Look, you you treated you know Will, because William Jack in his cases, they said, look, there's no discrimination there. You can't penalize him.'" But in, in Jack Phillips' case, they said you did discriminate, and therefore all of the, the damages that would come from that it have been thrown at Jack Phillips. So basically the Supreme Court said, look, you did not discriminate, and therefore you know, that order doesn't stand. So it's overturned the order. And so what does that mean? You know, I mean, there are um, cases, I'm sure, of other cake bakers out there, obviously here in Kentucky, a T-shirt maker, there are florists, that there are similar cases to some degree 
uh, that, that are in the court system now? How does this decision affect those cases? Well, if in the record of those cases, there is a similar you know, record of religious hostility, I think this case would be right on point. And whether that's in, say, a, a federal circuit court or a state court, those courts could say, based on this ruling, Masterpiece Cake Shop case, that the lower ruling by, you know, say, a, a town board or civil rights commission, that that could be overturned. However, Kennedy made very clear that this was basically a decision he was making on the Jack Phillips Masterpiece Cake Shop case. And he made very clear that it does not finally and fully decide the issue of, say, religious liberty and free speech on one side and the concept of non-discrimination on the other. So the court basically, I could describe it as kind of dodged that question in this context. So for the other cases, there's still a lot of limbo there. And there are some legal scholars that think they may they may pick up the Arlene's Flowers case, which is the florist out of our florist out of Washington State, um, and they may pick that case up and then kind of decide that issue. So it's a win for Jack, but not really for anyone else <laughs> in this context. And unless I would say if there's a clear record of religious hostility from that lower tribunal, so. Yeah, and so for those who see this victory as a victory for religious liberty, then that that's the win. And and it's not all a win necessarily because of some other things that we're going to talk about in our next segment. But but for right right now, the win is is basically we see the Supreme Court take a stance against religious or hostility toward religious conviction. Well, and I think that is the big win. And the more I've thought about it, I, I do think it's an important win. And this is why, as I've worked, and I know you've worked in this area over the last couple of years, in town hall meetings, in front of legislature, whatever it is, there's been this narrative that if you're a Christian and you hold to what the Christian church has believed about human sexuality for 2,000 years, that you're a bigot. And I've, I've heard that rhetoric over and over and over again, that you can't, if, if you're a Christian, you, you have to leave that at home. You can't bring that into the marketplace. Well, here you have Kennedy, who authored the Obergefell decision, upholding the right to same-sex marriage, basically saying, like, hold on, guys, I, we found the right to same-sex marriage, but we didn't say that anyone out there that believes something different is somehow a, a bigot and, and someone akin to a slave owner <laughs> or a Nazi. And so to me, it was kind of a rap on the knuckles uh, we sometimes use the term a bench slap, which sounds a little violent, but more like a rap on the knuckles to those that would say, you know, if you're a Christian in the marketplace and you won't perform services for a same-sex wedding, you're somehow similar to a slave owner or a Nazi. Uh, so I think that is a big win. And it's a big win for civility, which would, I think, apply for everybody, whether you're a Christian or you're on the other side of this issue. It's saying, hey, look, we're going to live in a plural, not just a secular, but a plural society, whether that's Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Sikh, and or secular, atheist, agnostic. We're going to live in this plural society. And so moving forward, you can't treat the Christian who's simply saying, I'll, you know, I'll make you brownie. I'll make you a cake. I just can't make you something that signifies celebration of something I deeply disagree with. Uh, you, you can't just brand them as a bigot and then move forward. So I do think that that's a win for religious liberty in this context. We'll be back with more in just a moment on The Commonwealth Matters. 
At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to The Commonwealth Matters. Welcome back to The Commonwealth Matters. I'm Brandon Porter. Our guest is attorney Josh Hirschberger. He's the director of a ministry called Bold Church Initiative. We're discussing the recent decision by the U.S. Supreme Court concerning the case of Jack Phillips, the Colorado man that owns Masterpiece Bakery. He was taken to court by a Colorado Human Rights Commission because he claimed it violated his religious conviction to create a cake for a same-sex wedding in 2012. While the Supreme Court recently overturned the decision of lower courts and supported Jack Phillips' religious liberty, their decision leaves some concerns related to what might happen in the future. So it was a a 7-2 decision with Kennedy saying, basically, look, in this case, in this record, there is clear hostility towards religion based on, one, the, the statements made by the commission, and then, two, it treating differently Jack Phillips and then William Jack. All right, so you, you have one case over here and then another case very similar, but we're just going to focus on uh, Jack Phillips. So based on those two things, he says, look, this is a clear violation, free exercise of religion. But he stopped right there. And he said, look, whatever happens with cases that are similar in the future, this one's a clear loss. I mean, this is a clear no-no. The government can't do this. So that's all this ruling technically says. It overturns the ruling as to Jack Phillips, but say like Arlene's Flowers, um, you have another case like the Sweet Cakes um, case, you have uh, videographers, you have a farmer in Michigan. Uh, so there's, there's no answer for those cases. The big fight over how do you balance religious liberty and non-discrimination is still clearly an issue moving forward. And one of the things that I'll, I'll point out is Justice Kagan and Justin Breyer who concurred. And a concurring decision says, hey, we agree with the majority, but we want to point something out. They basically said that, look, if if this commission had simply said, we find generally applicable rules, all right, so you, you can't discriminate against this uh, same-sex couple, and they had shown no religious or anti-religious bias, then they said, look, this this ruling gets upheld. So it's almost like t- telling every commission in the country, I mean, you can make the decision and say, hey, Jack Phillips loses, and he's actually participated in an act of discrimination. Just don't put your statements against him on the record. Um, and, and then Jack Phillips loses. And so that's certainly concerning. So, you know, it is a 7-2 decision, but it is very narrow in that it's a decision for Jack Phillips, but nobody else, and then says, moving forward, you know, a commission could find, hey, this is a generally applicable statute, and as long as you don't evidence anti-religious hostility, then Jack Phillips loses if this happened again. Um, And so that's certainly a concerning application of what uh, the court ruled yesterday. 
Yeah, and I think they not only that the the, the religious discrimination, the the language that was used. Um, I also read uh, another commentator talked about how the justices left open how this ruling was just specifically for the creation of the cake. And so, uh, for instance, I, I read in this article, I think it was on National Review, uh, talked about this doesn't deal with whether the cake baker has to is is obligated to go to the wedding to make sure the cake is cut properly. I mean, there, there are lots of other dynamics that that figure in um, that that a service provider may have to face things like this again just not necessarily in this fashion. And so, so I think that kind of ties in with what, what you said earlier is, is there is a possibility that this opens the door wider and it just shows that there are more questions than that, than anything close to what the answer that's been provided might be. Well, you have to think about judges being human beings as well. And I deeply respect those on the Supreme court, but whatever decision they make in this case, if they're making an actual hard ruling on non-discrimination or religious liberty, they're going to tick off half the country, right? <laughs> and so this if they can make a narrow ruling, then they're they're probably going to. I think that's human nature. And also I think the precedent here is strong that, you know, if you have such a clear anti-religious bias, then you can just strike it down and you don't have to get to the other issues. So I'm not saying they did anything improper. I'm just saying that in this case, um, there was no reason to go further. And you're right, there's, there was no clear definition about what is creative expression. So on one side of this case, you have people arguing, look, if you're making a wedding cake, that is speech. It's, it's at least speech-like because you're celebrating a wedding. Um, that's not like making a donut to give to somebody. And then on the other side of it, it's, it's a cake. All right, just bake the cake for somebody and move on. Um, so there was... There was no clear indication from Kennedy, though I think there's at least some positive language from him. Um, Gorsuch certainly came out. Thomas came out and said, no, this this is speech. Um, this is clearly speech. But even on that issue of like creative expression, if you're making a T-shirt, uh, if you're baking the cake, you're, you know, do you have to go to the wedding? Do you have to slice it? You know, that sort of thing. Uh, there was also no clear answer in regard to how the court would rule on that in the future. And so does this leave it, you know, I mean, on one hand, you, you come across cases like this and is this really going to affect the general population? Because how many cake bakers are there in a town or how many wedding photographers are there in a town? I mean, it's a very small part of the population. But at the same time, I, I'm just thinking about um, does this set a precedent for, you know, here in uh, the southern part of Kentucky, uh, there is a, a car manufacturer that makes a very well-known car um, that, that's loved across the world. And if they, they, they could come to the point of just saying, you know, this, there's no discrimination. We make cars every day. Pick a red, green, blue, yellow one, whatever you want. But if I come in and say, well, I want mine to have crosses on it or I want mine to have rainbows on it. And they say, well, no, we don't do that. We just make red, green, blue, and yellow cars. Pick one of those. Is it? Are we coming to the point to where it's going to be so narrow that every decision has to go before a judge to determine whether you discriminated against me or not? It's, it's a good question. I This ruling, I think, does clear up the issue of 
whether or not the Christian that's out there saying, hey, I want to protect my right of conscience in this regard, uh, should be compared to the Nazis or to slave owners. And so to me, this is a big win for civility. So I don't know that it answers all of those questions, but I do think that it says, look, you have to, as the government, treat everyone with the same neutral and respectful consideration. And that's why I think it's a win. So I don't know that it answers the question as to every right of conscience, but it it certain, certainly sends a message, I think, across the country that we need to treat people like Jack Phillips differently. Now, certainly even on the other side, you know, say there's a person in a more conservative town that, you know, is a, a baker but doesn't want to make a cake that has a religious message denigrating same-sex marriage. I mean, should they have the right to say no to use their creative abilities to support a message that, that they can't agree with? Absolutely, they should be able to say no. I mean, are we not a, a big enough society? Are we not almost in a sense grown up enough, uh, mature enough that we realize we live in a place where there are people that don't agree with us. Um, and they may very strongly disagree with what we believe, but we're still living in the same city and we need to be able to live together, flourish together. And so for me, this decision was a reminder from Justice Kennedy that, you know, although he may have said, look, there's a right to same-sex marriage, he said, that's not a license to go out and call people that disagree with you on that a uh, slave owner or a Nazi. And so trying to answer your question, just to put a pin in it, is that I think everyone has the right to operate their business according to their deeply held religious beliefs, um, their deeply held you know, conscience, in a sense, and that that should be something that they move forward with in, in confidence. And perhaps it's something that may get challenged, but I think that this is a signal from the Supreme Court that we are going to protect the rights of conscience as we move forward in an increasingly plural society. So that's certainly something to celebrate. I was just gonna kind of finish with a, a statement by Justice Gorsuch, who said the, cons the Constitution protects not just popular religious exercises from the condemnation of civil authorities, it protects them all. And so, you know, for someone that's in a minority religion, or maybe somebody that's in a conservative town that doesn't believe there's a God, their beliefs should be protected um, by government the same as it would be the really popular beliefs. And that's something that's incredibly special about the United States. And I was glad to see it celebrated yesterday. And so help us think through that just a little bit further, because sometimes we do uh, find Christian people um, struggle, um, I'll put it that way, to defend the religious liberties of those who are who have a faith belief but are not Christian. Um, I mean, that, that, that statement that, that you just shared, I mean, really that, that if we're going to protect one freedom of religion, we have to protect all of the freedom of religions or we'll all end up suffering together in the end. This is a great point. And it's one that I was a little reluctant to share today, but I think it is so important. And I'll say it this way. The Supreme Court was more willing to back Mr. Phillips than many in the church uh, and in Christian churches that I know. And, and here's where I think we kind of missed the point. Um, it's, it's important, you know, to figure out what are we going to support in our conscience and what will we do in our church per se. But this was not necessarily about my conscience or what would I have done in that situation. Some Christians would say, well, just bake the cake so you can minister to these people. The, the point here is what we should support in broader society and in the courtroom.
And in this case, it's about Jack Phillips' conscience. Should he have the right to live out his conscience and before God, should he have the right to live out that conscience uh, to pursue business activities according to that conscience? And so that's the key here. And that's why I was a little disappointed, especially early on in this case, as there was a lot of public dialogue about it, that it really isn't so much about the wedding cake. Uh, it's really not it at all. It's about Jack Phillips' conscience. And even if you disagree with Jack Phillips and his decision concerning his conscience, you standing up for him in this case means that when government comes calling for you to violate your conscience, then the principle of freedom of conscience will have been upheld. And so that's really what this is about. And sometimes I see uh, from you know people of faith, also people on the other end of the spectrum, where they're saying, you know, down with this, and I can't believe this was the decision. But I think we all have to kind of step back and say, ho, ho, hold on. You know, we live in a society where we're going to disagree. So what's the best way forward? And it is to value Jack Phillips' conscience. That's how we all win, I think. We thank Josh Hirschberger for taking some time to visit with us here on the Commonwealth Matters as we consider this important case. You can find Josh at his website, theboldchurch.com. Stay with us for some final thoughts on the Commonwealth Matters. At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Brandon Porter. As we've been discussing a recent Supreme Court decision regarding religious liberty in the United States, we've been focusing on the basic right we have to be guided and to live according to our conscience. Of course, our freedoms are not unlimited in the United States, but they shouldn't be bound unless absolutely necessary. In 1785, founding father James Madison wrote, The religion then of every man must be left to the conviction and conscience of every man, and it is the right of every man to exercise it as these may dictate. It's interesting to note that as James Madison continued on in life, this idea became all the stronger, so strong that in 1792 he wrote, Conscience is the most sacred of all property. We're grateful for the Supreme Court's decision recently to protect the actions of Jack Phillips as he graciously acted upon his religious convictions. May we continue to practice and protect that liberty here in Kentucky and across America. Thanks for listening to The Commonwealth Matters. Find us on Facebook under Commonwealth Policy or go to our website, commonwealthmatters.org.